just discovered that. So we're going to let our children go to junior worship ages 2 through 1st grade. And, oh, I don't think there's a battery in here. My bad. I should have checked it. Uh, thank you so much. And as they're doing that, we want to remind you of uh, the rest of you that are going to be in here. Take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And as you're turning there to Ephesians chapter 4, I want to remind you of a very important aspect of our worship to God. I mention this every single Sunday, but it's a, we sing every Sunday, take communion every Sunday. One of, the ways, one of the ways that we worship is by offering to God the donations that we give for His work to the community and the world. And so there we are. Um, you can give online to the, you can go online to our website. Um, I'm going out of order number three now. You can go online to our website. Click uh, on the give button there. You can um, mail a check to the church address. You can give an automatic draft through your bank, or if you're here in person. You can give your contribution in the table that's outside in the back. And just want to thank you guys for your faithfulness. And if you're not here in person, that doesn't mean you're not with us. It just means the world to us that you guys are, are with us live streaming. And just, just certainly we're, we're humbled and honored by that. And so that was a little bit of an, an awkward announcement that Tim gave. I didn't want to say anything, but Tim said, Eddie, we need to pray for you. Uh, the doctor just said, basically, we got three options here. We can do surgery and just take that thing out, a prostate, or we can give you radiation uh, treatment, or we can do what's called active surveillance. We just keep an eye on it and give you testing from time to time. And so he says, I recommend active surveillance. And so that's what I'm going with is active surveillance. But that's kind of like somebody saying to you, okay, look, there's a rattlesnake in your house and you need to get it out, but we're not going to. We just want to keep an eye on it and, and it'll probably stay in that cage over there. Trust me, Karen, Karen is not going to go with that one, but that's what we're going with. So uh, what, a, what a journey for our faith that we certainly appreciate your prayers. Well, we're supposed to be in the book of Joshua, working our way through a series in Joshua, but today's our ministry fair, and as hard as I tried, I couldn't find a good ministry fair story in these battles of Jericho in the book of Joshua. So I said, all right, I could twist the scripture and make it fit, but I'm just not going to do that. So we're going to Ephesians chapter 4 today. We'll come back to Joshua, uh, not this next Sunday, but the following Sunday, Ephesians chapter 4, it just does an absolutely beautiful job of setting the stage for what we have been doing today and what we're going to continue to do after this service. The ministry fair basically has four basic purposes or reasons for what we're doing. Number one, it's, it's just to make you aware of some. This is not everything that's going on here. This is amazing for the church of our size, the incredible ministries here. Make you aware of that. And secondly, just celebrate. Just And that's what we're doing today. We're celebrating God for the incredible way he's taken the little bit that we are and the little bit that we have, and he's just doing incredible things with it. It's to make you aware. It's to celebrate. And then it's to stop and to say, every single one of you who are involved in ministries, these people that you're going to meet sitting at these tables, and even some of you that don't have a table out today, to say thank you. This is a day to experience express appreciation. And then if you're not involved in a ministry, it's a day to, to recruit you and say, hey, really, it's important for you to find a place to serve. And so how do you do that? You become aware of what's available and you decide what you can be a part of. Or you might could summarize all that we're doing today with the words that I'm getting ready to read here. The purpose of our ministry fair, as he says here in chapter 4 and verse 12 in Ephesians, to equip 
the saints. And that's you. All of us as Christians and believers, we're saints. Followers of Jesus, you're a saint. To equip you, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Well, what does that mean? And how do you do that? Let's try to figure that out as the Holy Spirit gives us these words in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. I therefore, a prisoner, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope that, be- that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and on, in all. But God, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Verse 13, until, this is what God is working towards with all of us, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth In love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. I'm hoping that you, if you've been coming here for more than once, you have heard again and again and again, you should have, the mission of our church. And as I talk about the mission, I'm saying this is what we do, or at least what we are called to do. And Jesus tells us this in Matthew chapter 28. So it's not like, what does the church growth book have to say about the mission of the church? Jesus says, this is your mission. Matthew 28, 19. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded. The mission, this is the mission of making disciples. This is what we're supposed to be about. And there are books and books and books written about that. But if I could summarize it all into two basic things. Making disciples means, first of all, becoming a disciple. Or helping people to enter into a a relationship with Jesus. A disciple is a follower of his. That's the first step. The second step of being a disciple or making disciples is growing and maturing. Once you become a disciple growing and maturing into your faith, becoming more like Christ. And that's what this passage says. It speaks of maturing into the fullness of Christ. Growing up in every way into Him. In every aspect of my life, it's to be like Him. So you take that and there's two questions to ask. First of all, real simple question is, 
And we're looking at this mission of making disciples. Are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? Are you a follower of his? Have you, as Jesus tells us in this mission statement, been baptized into Christ? If not, your first step in putting into practice the word of God, that's really what we're supposed to be doing, not just hearing, but living it. The first step is devote yourself to Jesus. Confess him as Lord. Turn and give your life to him and be baptized into Christ. That's the first step. But the second aspect of being a disciple, the second question is, if it really means, secondly, to be growing and maturing as a follower of Jesus, are you? Are you growing in your faith? Are you becoming more and more like Jesus in the words that you speak, in the thoughts that you think, in the actions that you live? See, that's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. I'm not asking, do you come to church on Sundays? But do people hear and see and Jesus just radiating from your life? That's what it means to be a disciple. I'm looking in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I'm looking at his life. I'm looking at his teaching. I'm looking at his example. And I'm seeking to live that to the point that you no longer see me, but you see Jesus in me. Is that you? Are you a disciple of Christ? Are you more like Jesus this year than you were last year? Or are you pretty much the same person as you are right now and you've been that way for just a good long time? You see, that's really important because there are a lot of people who, yeah, they make that commitment. I want to become a disciple and they're baptized into Christ. There, the Bible speaks of that being born again, but that's pretty much it. And they remain infants at that starting point. The Bible speaks about that. And then there are others, you'll notice, man, they, they become followers of Jesus Christ. They give their life to him. And they're just taking off and they're just, just giving it all. They're totally committed, totally devoted. They're growing and maturing. It's kind of like an airplane that's just moving and ascending and ascending. But then they come to this comfortable place where they just start reaching cruising altitude and they plateau out. And they stop growing. Is that you? Well, if growing, becoming a disciple, a follower of Jesus, and growing to become like Jesus is, is the mission of what he's called us to do, then how do you do that? How do you do that? So, so we have our mission. What? Okay, get that. What we do, what we're supposed to be doing, what's supposed to be happening with you is, is becoming a disciple and growing into the image of Jesus. How do you do that? How do you do that? It's one thing to preach it. It's another thing to do it. Well, that's where our vision comes in. Our mission how, is what we do, making disciples. Our vision is how it's done. We take our vision, and as you see on the screen there, we've consolidated the vision of this church, how to make disciples into three words. We've done that simply so that you can, you can remember is to connect and to grow and to serve. And as you see on, this, on the screen here, this is a, it's a cyclical process, I would say. That the more you connect, and we'll talk about what that means in a minute, then you're just going to start growing. It's going to happen. And the more you start growing 
You're going to start serving. It's nobody's going to say, you should be serving. You're connecting, you're growing, and then all of a sudden you start serving. And the more you start serving, the more you're connecting. And then the more you're connecting, the more you're growing. And the more you continue in this cycle, something happens to you. Your life transforms. And you look in the mirror and people look at your life. And you're not the same person you were last year because you're connecting and growing and, and serving. And, and a, a disciple, a follower of Jesus, the image of Jesus is beginning to be reflected in your life. Now, here's the important thing to understand. This idea of connect, grow, and serve isn't, well, the church across the street, they're doing that. We should use that. That's a trendy. It's cool, connect, grow, serve. Or we didn't find that in a, um, in a church growth seminar somewhere. It's just right here in Scripture, all throughout Scripture. But I would say the reason I picked Ephesians 4 is because this one more than any other passage, just does a wonderful job giving us God's wisdom of, of his vision of what he's called us to be doing. So first of all, let's talk about connect for a little bit. When we say connect, what we're talking about primarily, a starting, out, starting point, is connecting in your relationship with God. So that's in, in Ephesians chapters 1, 2, and 3. Don't have time to cover it, but listen. Three of the richest chapters in the Bible, you should read them, is Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. It's beautiful, beautifully written. And it's just telling us this story of how we were far away from God, broken in our relationship with God, separated from God, and God couldn't handle that because he loves us so much. And so through Christ and Jesus Christ, death on the cross he began to bring us and draw us like a magnet to the cross and it talks about gathering of people all around the cross but also a gathering as Jesus is our savior but also a gathering of people coming to the throne of God you see the throne of God and the cross of God in Ephesians 1, 2, and 3 but watch what happens as individuals are coming to the cross and to the throne of God what's happening they're coming together into community they're not coming there alone. Listen, there's a lot of talk about an individual and a personal relationship with God or with Christ. That's not really the biblical principle that we see. It's more of a communal relationship. It's a walk with Christ that is shared with others. And so in this passage I just read, after this this body of Christ is developed that's surrounding the cross, surrounding the throne of God. He then opens up here in chapter 4 and he speaks of the, the oneness, of the unity of God's people being connected. And, and this happens to be in the overall theme of how the church is supposed to grow and how individual Christians grow as well. So we need to understand you were not created to be alone. That was like in the book of Genesis. You were created you were wired for other people God's intention is for you to be in community so the first thing I want you to hear here out of Ephesians chapter 4 is this you do not grow in isolation but you grow in community you do not grow in isolation but you grow in community you need others and others need you and so that's why we talk so much about 
our, my life group, sorry, is gone now, about our life group ministry. It's, it's down here on the floor, okay, about our life group ministry. And if you're kind of new here, and some of you are, I met you that you're here for the first time, here's what a life group is. We're here today on a Sunday morning, but then we break up. You can come in here and you can leave and never really get to know people, but check in and do the church box. That's not what God's vision and mission or discipleship is all about. A life group is where after this is over, we gather together in homes, we gather together in rooms of this building, we gather together in, uh, we have a group that meets online, we gather together in coffee shops, all kinds of different places at all kinds of different times in smaller groups where we pray together, we share our burdens together. We support one another. We serve together in community activities and and community projects. We reach out and help. I was reading about one life group and there's a family in need. And all the other members right now are rallying around this particular family. We, We study the Bible together and we're growing together. It's an incredible ministry. It's connecting one another. And so if you're not in a life group, today in our ministry fair, we have up front our, um, our life group ministry, all of these all of these um, sign-up sheets are here, and I really want to encourage you to find a group to get in if you're not in a group. If you're in a group and you know somebody's not, get them and bring them and sign them up to be in your group. It's, cre- it's incredibly important. It's the way that you connect. Now, we have all kinds of groups for all kinds of types of people and all kinds of, in all kinds of different places. If you're really old and you're close to really the end of your life, we have a group. They don't just call themselves a life group, but they're the end of life group. They would love you to have there as long as you'll last. Then there's other, there, there's other groups. There is our, our youth and family group. We don't just want our middle school and our teenagers. We really want our... Um, their parents to come with and their brothers and sisters. We have a group for those. If you are a college graduate or in college and you're single and you've just moved here and you're going, man, I don't know anybody, but I wish I could connect. Or maybe you're a newly married couple and you're trying to find your place and you don't have any kids. I can't tell you how grateful I am. So how grateful I am for Spencer and Deanna Strasser who've started a group just for you. Uh, if you are an empty nester, we have empty nester groups. If you're a young couple with children, we have young couples with children, with, with groups that take children. If you are a mom and dad and you've got children who are just totally wild and out of control crazy, Richard and Jeanette Cox have a group just for you. Or oh, wait a minute, it's not their group. But we have a group for you. You got kids like that? The hardest thing about life groups is finding a place. What do you do with the kids? We've got that figured out. I think we're trying a new model for just those families. Talk to me about that. Listen, you do not grow in isolation, all right? You grow in community. That's not me telling you that. That is scripture. But secondly, secondly, as you see with all these other tables around here, you're not just wired, created, and built for community. But this passage says you were wired and created, or in the words that Paul uses in Ephesians 4, he says, um, Jesus has gifted, you're gifted with talents and, and skills and abilities. All of us have talents and skills and abilities. And he tells us three things. I want you to talk more about this in your life groups, the ones that are meeting in Ephesians chapter 4. But he says there's three things. Your talents and skills and abilities are not what God has given you for you. Simply. 
but they're to be used for others. Secondly, you'll notice in this passage, there's so much to say about this, but your talents and skills and abilities are different than everybody else's. Who you are and what you have is different than anybody else. And therefore, if you're not serving and using who you are and what you have, something is desperately missing here because God has given it to you to use in the church and in the community. But thirdly, the thing he tells about the gifts and and talents and skills that God has given you is this passage makes it clear that the growth of a disciple of Jesus Christ, it occurs when you devote yourself and find a ministry of service. See, listen, here's the second point I want you to get. Secondly, you don't grow in isolation, you grow in community. But secondly, you grow inwardly as you serve outwardly. Now, if it's getting ready to get a little bit uncomfortable for some of you, this might be that part, okay? Don't you love that? Um, My question to you is this. Are you actively serving in a ministry of this church or are you just a Sunday attender? Now, if you are actively serving in a ministry of this church, then please hear this. We so thank you for your service. Today is a special day just to bless you. We actually have a special way we're going to bless you today. But here's what I'm afraid of is that we have far too many in this church body who were only Sunday attenders and basically counting on others, not themselves, to serve in the ministry of the needs of the community and of the church. So let me ask you, is that you? So, speaking of you, here in verse 16, and I'm moving from the ESV to NIV because I like the way it says in the NIV. Speaking of you, we read in verse 16, the body, and that's talking about the church. The body grows and builds itself up. How do do you get a church to grow? How do you get Christians to grow? How does that work? He tells us right here. Here's the secret. The body grows and builds itself up in love as each one does their part. So that word each is referring to all. And so when we're talking about everyone, we are talking also about you so actually I could read this in this way the church grows and you grow as you do your part so the question is again are you doing your part what would the growth of the church look like if everyone were serving in a ministry as you are right now See, God's God's word is clear on this. Your service in a ministry of the church, in the community, this is scripture. This is not Eddie's thoughts. It's vital to your growth as a disciple of Jesus, and it's vital to the growth of this church. So, if that's true, we have a responsibility to equip you in that direction. So that's what the ministry fair is all about. To make you aware of the ministries of this church and to help you find a place where you can serve. And that's why we have all these tables and booths that represent about 25. We have far more than 25, but we have 25 
um, ministries that are represented today. What we want you to do today is to go to each of these tables. You say, well, I'm already in a ministry. Do this. Go to the tables, meet those people, find out what they're doing, and look them in the eyes and say, thank you so much. If you do that alone, you have accomplished so much. Let's express our appreciation. Now, if you're not in a ministry... Go to these booths, go to these tables and learn about their ministry and find one where you can serve in. And if you're not sure when you leave, let us know. We had a technological problem with our computers and our printers. We have some booklets that have every single ministry in this church or the page for each one of them tells you all the details. We would love to give that to you. Now, I can't, I don't have time to tell you about all the different tables. Okay, so that's what I want you to do to go around and talk to everybody. But I do want to bring to your attention three of our tables this morning that are represented by members of what we're going to call our extended church family. These are people that were kind enough to take time out of their Sunday morning to be with us this morning. These people are heroes of Christian service. So if nothing else, just go up and meet them and just kind of let them rub off on you. Okay, so let me introduce them to you. First of all, I want you to meet Temple Scott, who's going to be sitting right back here with Fostering Hope. is an incredible community ministry that, that we actually right now need probably two to three to four to five other people to join up. It's an incredible ministry helping foster parents and foster children, children whose lives are just in critical difficult situations, you can be a part of loving them as God loves them and serving that ministry. I read an email from Temple this morning saying, we have two teams from East Side that serve in that ministry. We've lost some members of one of the teams. We need team members today to help out. Go meet Temple and find out how you can serve. And then another one of our heroes is Jenny Kay with Mercy's Gate. She's sitting right back here next to Temple. Another hero, absolutely wonderful person. You've heard of Mercy's Gate or you've been to Eastside for the first time today. An incredible community ministry sitting alongside. Jenny is going to be Megan Steele. She's a member of our church. She's our Eastside liaison to Mercy's Gate, all right? And what primarily you can talk to Megan about, she'll be seated there with Jenny we go there on Monday nights, a certain Monday night of the month, and we take a meal and we meet with people in the community who are broken. We pray with them, we talk with them, we give them something to eat. We need people to sign up, life groups or families to sign up and say, we'll make a meal. You say, I can't do that, I'm just not at a place. Then we need financial donations to go towards making those meals. We were doing it every month until we just didn't have enough money to do it every month. We really need to be back to that. Talk to Megan about that. Talk to Jenny, she's she drives the volunteer force at Mercy's Gate. They have a huge and need more volunteers who are touching people in the community. So I want to encourage you to go and talk to Jenny today. And then also all the way over here we have um, Walter Williams. Don't confuse him with the Walter Williams that writes the uh, op-eds in the paper. Walter Williams is with... Um, Mountain States Children's Home in Longmont, Colorado. This is an incredible ministry where children cannot live at home because they don't have parents or their parents are just not in a good place. Imagine that. And they're caring for these children. Go talk to Walter. Maybe think about, and I'm not joking, quitting your job, selling your home, and moving up there and serving alongside him.
And if you say, oh, I'm not ready for that, then get, but you should. Let's, I think it would be great. Get one of these cans from Walter. Go home, and every time you have a chance, put your coins in there, and we'll get these cans of donations to Mountain States Children's Homes. An incredible ministry. And so you can see there's, there's many other tables I'm not going to mention. I just want to encourage you to go to those tables now. Go to the booths. Go to the tables. Get to know these people. Thank them. Find a ministry. Find a place to serve. Why? Ephesians 4, 16, because the body grows and builds itself up in love. How? As each one does their part. That's God's vision and calling for your life and his church. That's how God carries out his mission on this earth of making disciples. So here's what's getting ready to happen. We're going to transition to part two of the sermon. That's the practical part where we visit the booths. I'm going to ask that you stand now. I'm not going to close with a prayer. We are collectively going to offer this song in prayer to God. And then after that, we'll give you further instructions. Let's pray to God. Hey, I'm Eddie White, the senior minister for the Eastside Church of Christ. Sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you. I'd like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.